Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Good evening, I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. Each ballot must be counted. And that's what we're going to see going through now. And that's how it should be. There's been this refusal by Biden the entire time to sort of bend to Trump's world. This is a case where they're trying to steal an election. They're trying to rig an election. And we can't let that happen. Democracy is sometimes messy. It sometimes requires a little patience as well. But that patience has been rewarded now for more than 240 years with a system of governance that's been the envy of the world. It's been this very, very disciplined messaging of his world is chaos, ours is not. And and we are going to impose order. And I, I think with a transition, I think if he is in the White House, that is going to continue. That's That has been their North Star from day one. And I think that's how they're going to finish it off. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Natasha Karecki on how as Joe Biden closes in on a presidential victory, he's not only preparing for a rocky transition of power, he's also preparing to try to restore normalcy to an office that's become anything but normal. So we heard from both President Trump and Joe Biden on Thursday night. We heard two extremely different messages about the state of the election. Can you just lay out for me what they said and what we should make of it? It was very interesting um, in the sense that Trump on election night or early the next morning at two in the morning gave this, you know, press conference. And we were getting ready for a big celebration. We we were winning everything, and all of a sudden it was just called off. Declaring that there was fraudulent votes and that he had won and all this stuff. As far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. So I just want to thank you. Uh, but then we didn't hear from him for a while, and there was just a lot of chattering, where is Trump? And he eventually did show himself on, on Thursday, late on Thursday, um, and came out with, he looked kind of subdued. And now it's getting to be to a point where I'll go from winning by a lot to perhaps being even down a little bit. Um, and he just he just laid out a list of grievances. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly, but a lot of votes came in late. He complained that ballots were corrupt, that vote tallies were suspicious. There's tremendous litigation going on. And this is a case where they're trying to steal an election. They're trying to rig an election. And we can't let that happen. They are fighting tooth and nail in every single one of these states. They're making claims that are outrageous and outright false. And when I say they, it's it's Trump. It's some of his family members. It's Rudy Giuliani. We saw Corey Lewandowski in Philadelphia. And it's just kind of veered off into this very bizarre direction on the Trump side. He, he was just all over the place, 
and, and laying out a long list of grievances. Then you had Joe Biden. Joe Biden came out and he just gave short remarks saying every vote needs to be counted. Let's trust the system. Let's not panic. Let's keep things calm. But he also said he believes he will be the next president of the United States. We have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be declared the winners. At this point, it's looking like he's right. The path is there for Biden. It's looking really unlikely for Trump. At the same time, he's staring down the possibility of a divided Congress. He's also staring at an opponent who's making baseless claims, refusing to accept results, calling into question the validity of votes, the foundation of democracy. I mean, as someone who's talking with Biden's team, tracking how they might handle a transition and potentially govern, clearly, if he wins, he could be in charge of a deeply divided America. How do you handle that? Right. Well, that has been Biden's message from the day he ran for president, that it is more divided than ever, that we've gotten away from our baseline morals and judgment and decency, and that he wants to unite people. Um, So in that sense, he has talked the talk that, you know, the United States is sort of just veered off in this direction that's very dangerous um, and that it's more divided than ever. Um, On the other hand, that's an excellent point. It is, you know, it is so divided. It is so just volatile right now. I mean, you look at some of the scenes um, in Arizona, in, in Philadelphia, outside these polling places, and you've got you know, Donald Trump really rubbing this up. It's it's a really combustible situation. And um, will that carry over? Will it settle down? I mean, if, you know, there's one thing that you can say about Donald Trump, he's not going to go away quietly. What is the transition going to be like? If indeed Joe Biden does, you know, get 270 electoral votes, I mean, there's already litigation. I mean, there's it's, it's going to be very complicated. Uh, it, it's not going to be this... You know, you just take on the presidency. It's a peaceful transition. And, you know, they're sitting in the White House chatting. It's Trump has given every sign that he will fight tooth and nail to the bitter end. And even if he's not in the presidency, expect him to be loud on Twitter or out doing rallies still. Um, you know, you, you, you just don't know. Can I ask you straight up if Biden does emerge as the clear winner here? Do you think we will see a concession from the president? I think it's so difficult to imagine that. If he does, it would be something like, you know, with uh, 2,000 caveats that it was stolen, that there was fraud, that he doesn't agree with it, that the people did really speak and that the votes were changed. I I mean, it makes you wonder, like with nearly half the country supporting him, having voted for him, if it came to that and Trump continues to baselessly call into question systems of voting, systems of government, potentially doesn't concede like, what does that mean for the future of the country? Well, that, you know, that's that, that's the scary situation we're in right now. We've seen what happened over the summer with these protests and then counter protests that turned very dangerous, uh, all kinds of clashes with with law enforcement. On the other hand, I mean, if you look at what happened and, and all the warnings, right, we were told that it you know, there was going to be all these armed people coming into these polling places and that people were going to be scared to vote and that there would be all these violent situations. And and that 
you know, there was some incidents here and there, but it wasn't primarily this big, violent election day. Um, now, of course, with the caveat right now, we can't predict the future. Who knows what's going to happen in the days after? But there's been a lot of steps along the way where Donald Trump has really ratcheted up the rhetoric, has been warning about things. There's been a lot of panic. And then it just doesn't really happen. It kind of falls flat. And I think with the Biden team, they believe their edict is to be as calm as possible, to restore normalcy. And what they've been doing in the days since the election is just coming out and being trying to come off as very factual, very calm. And like, look, people, we're not going to play his game. This is how it works. We are following the electoral process. And I, I think with a transition, I think if he is in the White House, that is going to continue. That's That has been their North Star from day one. And I think that's how they're going to finish it off. Natasha Karecki, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. Also today, Democratic leaders in the House are dramatically expanding COVID testing for lawmakers. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the move on a Democratic leadership call on Thursday, saying the U.S. Air Force will provide up to 2,000 PCR tests per week for the entire Congress at no cost during the next six weeks. Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell have resisted mandatory testing of lawmakers for months, Despite pressure from senior colleagues in both parties, McConnell's office did not have information on whether the Senate will implement a similar effort. And Defense Secretary Mark Esper is expected to resign in the coming days, but an increasing number of defense establishment figures are asking him to stick around to ensure a peaceful transition should Joe Biden win the presidency. Since Esper's relationship with President Trump soured this summer over his public opposition to using active duty troops to quash civil unrest, the defense secretary had been widely expected to depart shortly after Election Day, no matter who won the presidency. And on Thursday, NBC reported that Esper has prepared his letter of resignation. Yet lawmakers, former Defense Department officials, and military experts say it's important for Esper to remain in his job, in no small part to reassure citizens that the military will play no role in the transition of power. The Politico Dispatch production team includes Jenny Ament and Sadeep Reddy. Our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.